What's up, everyone? This is Jay, a.k.a. Brother Soap, recording this intro for the second time because I messed it up the first time I said it. <laughs> Welcome <That> back. happens. <laughs> yes, it does happen. <laughs> Welcome back to the British Soap Podcast, y'all. I am here with my partner in crime, the Satan to my twerking Lil Nas X. Miss Liz, what's up, baby girl? You want to aware that he snaps his neck and kills him, right? I do not want to be killed. But I mean, you're my queen. Like that would never happen. <laughs> that would never yeah, it's happen. Like, I do not want to be killed. Thanks. But you, you know how it is. You know, we watch Supernatural together. You know, there'll be resurrections. And, you know, you might be of, queen of, of hell. Of all kinds, yes. <laughs> of all kinds. Resurrections, demon worship, you know, all of the above. It's fun. <laughs> hell looks like it'd be a party. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, goodness. Welcome back, you all. Sorry for the delay. We actually recorded a show for you all in January, uh, but then the audio decided to be trash, so we couldn't use the show. And then I've been lazy, so <laughs> I've been uh, taking forever to get another show out. So appreciate your patience. Uh, we are going to try to return every two to three weeks, as long as I'm not feeling lazy. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes, but hopefully we'll be back uh, more regularly. Uh, and I want to do a shout out again. Uh, I did this shout out last time, but I'm going to do it again because it didn't, you, you never heard it because of the damn audio. So I want to give some love to Jamie Soap Fan, who is at Jamie Coleman T on the Twitterations. Uh, Jamie has been a long-term listener of the British Soap Podcast and is always DMing me good story ideas, good tips and things like that, and keeping me on the know about what's going on with the British Soaps when uh, I'm taking forever to watch them because I'm too busy yelling about Bernie Sanders needing to be president of the United States. So I appreciate you, Jamie, and for all of you guys that are our long-term listeners keeping us on our toes. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, baby girl, how you, how you doing? How you living? How you feeling? Uh, I'm tired and I'm overworked and I just need a break. So I'm glad to be recording today. Before I, mean, I have to go into my morning. I mean, I don't understand why you're tired. I mean, it's not like that you fucking work 60 hours a week or anything. Oh, 60. I thought you said 16. I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> Y'all, look here. I work with one of the hardest working women on this planet over here. My girl holding down two jobs, 60 hours a week. That's love. Yeah. And she an essential worker. <laughs> and she's essential to this podcast. What? Yeah. <laughs> I want to make all the money. $50,000 a month. What? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. If I could afford to pay it, I would, goddamn. <laughs> Me too, actually. If I were able to pay that kind of money to myself, I'd totally do it. <laughs> I know that's right. I had We were online looking at how much uh, Jeff Bezos makes before starting this uh, podcast. He makes $2,000 a second. We are not yep. amused. <laughs> I am not amused. As Queen Victoria did not say, but people say she did. Oh, dear. 
Anyway, <laughs> we're going to start off today a little bit different. I have decided to premiere a new feature just to mess with my girl over here. This new feature is called Pop-Up. I'm going to reference three recent-ish pop uh, culture issues, and I'm going to get Miss Lens to say the first thing that comes to mind when she hears oh, these issues. Is that safe? <laughs> We're about to find out. <laughs> and don't worry, I'll cut in the thing, but I'm like, <laughs> so here we go, baby girl. Pop up number one. I'm going to just say a word, and you just tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Here we go. WandaVision. Loved it. Yes. 100%. Wanda and Vision are my favorite couple in the world. So when I saw that they were getting it, even though I kind of had an idea what the plot was, I was just like, yep, I'm in. (laughs) You know, it was so good and unexpected. Like, you know, I don't feel like Wanda had the hugest role in the Marvel series, in the Marvel movies. And then, you know, Vision in Ultron was fine. <laughs> like, him in, uh, you know, the snap part one and two were fine. But I just don't really feel like they had much of a chance to shine. So they were kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. But after one, I'm like, oh, God, they're everything. They're great. <laughs> they're hilarious. Yeah, it's like, so I absolutely loved WandaVision. Yeah, and that. It was just excellent. Written well, acted well, surprising. And I loved, like, how they made every episode, like, a different sitcom. So that by, like, the sixth or seventh episode, wherever they did it, I was like, okay, that's Modern Family. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's just, ah, they did so good. Yeah, it's like you got the Modern Family, you got the Bewitched. You got the, you got the I Love Lucy, I believe there was in there. From that first episode, it was like, you know, hokey sitcom that we're used to. And then all of a sudden this weird moment, like this dude choking to death in front of everybody. And you're just like, what is happening? <laughs> what? Why is everybody yeah, staring at crazy? When did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was. It was, it was, it was well played. I enjoyed it. Yes. I was I was kind of ha- I was kind of not really shocked by the end though when you figured out who the villain was. Yeah, but it was cool. That was it the was only thing that got me was I I kind of had a feeling like through the entire show that the person I'm not saying who was a little bit too chummy, you know. I didn't. <laughs> so get I was it. just like, oh. Yeah, I straight. I I will not spoil it either because you were good about that. I just thought. It was all about Wanda, and I was kind of shocked by the way it went. And I actually saw some hate online for, like, the second-to-last episode. But I saw it, and I was like, that was fucking great. What are you talking about? Uh, so, yeah, I thought it wrapped up well, and I thought kind of what they did by in portraying grief and how people deal with that grief, I mean, just phenomenal. So, yeah, all right, that's WandaVision. Pop-up number two. <clears throat> Lil Nas X new music video, which uh, to let y'all all know, I made Lindsay watch like five minutes before we started recording. So, <laughs> what'd you think of Lil Nas X new music video, boo? Let's forget about it. <laughs> I couldn't care less. That was the weirdest flipping thing I've ever seen in my life. I am. I will never watch that video again. Um, yeah, no. Well, I don't I will... like new things. I will chime in and say... <laughs> I don't say, like new music. So it's just like, that. I heard that, and I'm like, yeah, no, that's not okay. 
I will chime in and I will say that I love it <laughs> only because, first of all, I stayed off the Lil Nas X train for a while. I had heard about, he has this old country road song. I don't even know what the damn song is. That's how new I am to him. But I didn't listen to it because everybody was like, oh, it's Billy Ray Cyrus and it's a new guy. Oh, my God. He's the Billy Ray Cyrus guy who did the rap song? <laughs> yes, that is who he is. Yes. Oh, my God. I, know, I, I now know who he is properly now. I was just like, wait, you said the, oh, so did you? So did, yes, I knew who he was before. Okay. Did you hear that song and did you like that song? Yes and no. Okay. So I purposefully stayed away from the song because that I'm not usually the guy who's like, if it's popular, I'm not interested. But for that, I was just like, you know, I, I like I, I like my old school R&B. I got my stuff that I like. I'm not really not feeling anything new. But I think the first song of Lil Nas X I heard was his new Holiday song. I started following him on Twitter and he was talking about Holiday. And so then I listened to that song and I was like, oh, this is good. It's catchy. So I was like, okay, well, let me go on back and listen to his other stuff. And his music is good. And I'm like, all right now. And then the brother's gay. So I'm like, okay, I'm feeling that. So we got a, another little fly young red in the world, openly gay, doing his thing with the music. And I watched a few of his music videos, which are all creative. Now this one, it's different. <laughs> I still it's like a, to Don't know. get me wrong. It's creative. <laughs> yes. There's no non-creativeness about this. Yes. It's just so, flipping weird. I liked his old video, like the older videos he did, and so I've just kind of been paying attention to what he does in the future, and then I know he'd been promoting this song for a while, video just dropped, and I just thought, handle business, bro, because what I appreciate, what's Lil Nas X doing? He's taking everything that people say is the worst thing about gay people, oh, men dress as women, oh, they're all about themselves, oh, they're going to hell, and he just turned that shit to 11,000, and it, it flows so, it's, it's from his mind, it's brilliant creatively, as soon as I finished watching it, I was like, this is going to piss off every conservative in America. You go to Twitter. Every conservative in America is like, this music video is going to be the destruction of the world. And Lil Nas X is like, oh, slavery didn't exist? Like, I just, ah. And then I heard the, I had to, I listened to the song first on the video. Then I had to go listen to it on uh -huh. my headphones because to appreciate, like I love my music, but I got to have my headphones on so I can get into the song. I'm listening to the song. I'm like, oh, this is a good, another good song. This is good. When I watched the video the first time, I couldn't appreciate the lyrics because I'm just looking at all the like this boy really did that right and so to, yeah. to, to have it all to come together I'm just like boom so yeah I'm loving Lil Nas X and I hope he keeps on making them videos that piss off her because it's tight it, I mean it, like that I wouldn't have any problems with because awesome. frankly you know he can go do whatever he wants to you know mess with you know whoever you know he wants to yeah. but the song itself I prefer older music. Yeah, and I, I feel you. There are a lot of people in my life that are like that. I am typically the same, uh, but there are some new artists like I'm just feeling. I like Lil Nas X. I like Cardi B. Um, I like Megan Thee Stallion. Some some of the new music is hitting me. And for me to say I like it, like you got to be really good because I'm a tough critic when it comes to music. But Lil Nas yeah, it's X like I that. like I like I'm I'm. Don't, don't laugh at me, people, but I like new K-pop when it comes out, especially when it's Black King. <laughs> oh, yes. You know. But other than that, but other than that, no. <laughs> you were just giving me a, a reason to repeat something that the people never heard because of our last audio recording. Uh, I did the, the little Spotify uh, 
2020 summary of my music, and my number one most played song was Sour Candy, Lady Gaga, Black Pink. And I blame Lil, I blame Miss Lance for this. Because <laughs> she asked me <laughs> if I heard the song, and then I kept playing the song. So it's Lil, it's, it's my girl's fault over here, and I ain't mad at it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like it's yes. it's it's some it's I mean like sometimes you don't understand it, which is great. Right. Sometimes they sing in English, <laughs> which is really great too, because you can understand it. But you know, just kind of depends. Yes. And the final pop up, pop up number three. What is the first thing that comes to mind when I say cinema rules? Oh. oh. <laughs> That is so adorable. <laughs> is that the redhead? Especially with this hat off. <laughs> is that the redhead, the, the light-haired one? Yes. Tom is the one who always sits on the left, and Sean is the one who always sits on the right. So I will tell y'all, Lindsay introduced me to Sima Rules, who if you don't know, uh, they're two cute dudes on uh, YouTube who have been reviewing uh, movies. What they've been doing is actually watching uh, movies uh, that some of us grown-ass folks saw in the theaters back in the day. <laughs> and so they're watching them for the first time, and they've been doing all these this excellent YouTube series where they kind of just give their reactions, and it's been fantastic. And Lindsay introduced me to it, and it's cool because, like, for example, like, I just watched the other day uh, their reaction to... What did I just watched yesterday it was the knives out right <laughs> and so what i appreciate about them is like they the, the recaps because i just watch on youtube they it's 30 minutes so it kind of gives you the highlights of what you spent like an hour plus watching that theater and it's really cool to see people like watching what you watch and giving their reaction and it's brand new for me i would never seen anybody do this uh, and i've got another person now zavid that i'm watching as well because youtube recommended one of his videos to me where he does the same thing and it's just so cool so i know my girl loves uh both of them she thinks sean is cute and i started watching with my man my man now also has a crush on sean so thank you lance <laughs> <laughs> you have given him no a new crush. <laughs> I love, I love cinema rules. Today I watched, uh, they did all four Scream movies. Oh, and I'm, I'm ready for that one. one. Of their I'm actually one of their Patreon followers. So I get them a week in advance. So I always tell them what comes out before it comes out. Love it. So he knows exactly. Exactly when it comes out. Yes. So there's your there's your tip off for this upcoming week. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and yesterday I started because you told me about Evil Dead, so I've been waiting for that one. I watched their Evil Dead one, and I thought it was fantastic. And I totally forgotten. I don't. Rem my man said we watched that movie together. I don't fucking remember, but I kind of want to rewatch it now. But I'm definitely gonna rewatch Army of Darkness before I watch uh, that one because uh, uh, that's one of them too. So yeah. So cinema, cinema rules, YouTube, look it up, watch it, y'all. It's good. Yeah, I recommend. Yes, they're good, and thank you for recommending, Lens. I appreciate you. <laughs> yes. All right, let's get to the soaps, y'all. If y'all have any questions about the British soaps or there's something we do not talk about that you would have liked us to have discussed, head over to BritishSoapPodcast.tumblr.com to shoot us and ask or hit us up on the Twitterations at uh, UK Soap Podcast. Last week, I started using the British Soap Podcast Twitter to 
tweet to live tweet or late tweet like I call it because I'm used to watching after the soaps has aired about the soaps. I'm going to keep that up I think from now on because my uh, brother soap account is basically a politics account these days so I think I'm going to focus on uh, that uh, Twitter feed. So y'all follow us at UK Soap Podcast if you want to see uh, my foolishness uh, there. Lynn's and I were a little behind in our watching uh, so what I suggested that we do is watch last week's episodes of Emmerdale and EastEnders to kind of get caught up so we saw a little bit before that like december january a little february and then basically we just jumped to this week in march so as we talk some things we're not going to understand <laughs> that may come up but that's why uh, we missed a bit and we'll probably catch up in the next month and be up to date with uh, everyone so let's start with emmerdale miss lynch your favorite soap <laughs> tell us what emmerdale did to make you say what the hell everything I, I can't I can't sit I, I cannot sit through Emmerdale for more than two or three episodes at a time without wanting to turn it off because it's so flip and boring. But I mean like Al I, I, I hate Al and I I'm and while I'm glad that the two lovely women that, you know, he decided to string along for so long finally teamed up and, you know, got his ass, I still think, you know, that fake out leaving thing was a little, you know, annoying because I was so hoping that he was going to leave and then he just rolled back in, speeding in. I'm like, ah, fuck no. I mean, what the hell was that? (laughs) What the hell was that? I actually texted you, hey, I'm happy. I'm watching the episode where Al is leaving, and then you messaged me back, oh yeah, what episode was that? And I was confused because I knew you were ahead of me. So I was like, what is she talking about? And then I kept watching, and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> He's still here. Yeah, Al needs to go. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? This is ridiculous. First of all, all this whole uh, Priya, uh, Al, and Debbie thing is, it's just a rehash of Debbie, Chaz, and Cameron, okay? And yeah, yeah. Uh, Chaz was even, had a little thing with Al. So, I mean, she's kind of in it as well. So, you got this boring guy brought on to make Jesse, Marlon, I don't know what he's brought on to do, but it's just not working. They finally had an exit for him. He gets set up. He gets his little punishment. And then we fast forward, and it looks like we've gone from the girl setting up Al and him being almost out the door to now Priya for some reason has lost her job. Al looks like he's working again. So obviously there was a reversal in the plan and now Priya's out here having to like fight for scraps like stupid. Al needs to go. Like, no, (laughs) like he's just, he's not interesting. He gotta, no, gotta go. (laughs) Gotta go. I'm not, I'm not here for it. You know? All right, Miss Lynn, so what's your next what the hell for Emmerdale? I don't like that whenever Vinny tries to prove his point or tries to, you know, say, I'm going to go tell my mom that you're gambling again, Paul goes and beats the shit out of him for no reason. He ended up in the hospital because of this. What gets me about Mm -hmm. this story is that, so this happens. Uh, he gets to the hospital. Liv, of course, calls the police to help him. And what does Emmerdale have him do? 
act like he doesn't break know up happened. with her. Well, no, <laughs> but act like he doesn't know what happened. So the cops are there. Vinny can report to the cops that his father assaulted him, but Emmerdale has scripted that he doesn't do that. So he didn't do that. And so what's that allow him to do? It allows Paul just to continue being abusive. So Paul continues to be abusive, increasing that abuse, and then nothing happens, right? And he just keeps getting away yep. with it because his victim will not speak out. I am over that plot point happening on these soaps because it's just tired. It makes Vinny look bad. Uh, understandably, he's scared. And as far as the story goes, it just extends the abuse for no reason. I'm sure they're planning on having it revealed at this fucking wedding that they are planning. But why are we extending it? Why do we have to have any suffering all this time? And now, like you said, breaking up with Liv just to extend the abuse. Like he, Paul has already done enough. It's time for him to go. <laughs> I'm tired of this. I'm, I'm tired of this extended abuse nonsense. Yeah. What do you think? Um, yeah, on 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 many many accounts. Cause yeah, I'm I'm done. I'm over it. I'm over it on Hollyoaks. I'm over it on EastEnders. I'm over it on. I'm over it. On, it's like happening every, everywhere, and yeah. it's really just getting to the point where I just want to, you know, stop watching. But yeah. I won't do that because you know. We do a podcast about them, mm -hmm. and but it's you just know, like, <laughs> hey, the, the I know there's the whole fast forward over everything yep. thing, but there could be things that you miss if yep. you fast forward. And you know, but so with that's me, my issue. because I did that with Holly, it's like with Maxine and Patrick's story, eventually I had to start skipping those scenes. You know, it's a soap opera, everything's repetitive. So if you miss something, it's going to come back one way or another. So I, I'm over caring yeah. if I miss anything, but I, I just, I don't have the energy. I feel like we felt, we spent so long stuck in when we were doing Hollyoaks podcast, Steve and Brendan and that abuse. Uh, Steve hitting his baby mm -hmm. mama and that abuse. Then we got Maxine and Patrick forever. I, I just, I don't have the emotional energy for any more abuse storylines ever again in life. Even I was annoyed in watching The Invisible Man. Like, <laughs> soaps have me so done with those storylines. Like, if it ain't over yeah. 30 minutes, I don't I was see just it. like, Wait a minute! <laughs> when you said that, I was like, I remember watching that on Cinema Rule. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a movie in a theater, and I was just like, Yeah, no, just kill the bastard! Like, let's be done with it. <laughs> like, yeah, no. I'm, I'm a big Bloomhouse fan, and that's like one of the only ones I haven't seen. Sorry, Carrie. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's good, but again, it's the trend of abuse, and soaps soaps just have my energy zapped. With, with these abuse storylines. I can't. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. All right, baby girl, and what's your last what the hell? My last one, I have to say, is kind of what it kind of weirded me out a little, mm -hmm. is, uh, uh, what's her face? Gabby and her little tryst with uh, uh, Jamie ending up and her getting pregnant with his child. I'm I'm just like uh now and and now she's trying to be the ruthless Kate that Kim wants her to be. I'm like, what? No, please don't. <laughs> it's bad enough you were recast. You're too nice to go around and you know try to be you know Kate-ish because you are not Kate-ish. You are Gabby. Boy, Jamie has a type, doesn't he? Because you remember, who was he dating yeah. before then? Belle. I'm like, 
What's up with Jamie and all these 16-year-olds? Well, she was, well, technically Belle's in her 20s, but we'll leave that alone. Yeah. But, yeah. It just seems weird. It just seems like, like it's, it's very young and naive girls. I mean, he's got Andrea, who is a grown woman, which, you know, I think is cool. But I don't, I don't get Because he, he gets with these little young, naive girls, then treats them like crap, and then is like, how dare you talk to me like that? Like you should be lucky to be with me. I'm like, dude, what, what's happening? I don't, I don't know if Emmerdale knows what it's doing with Jamie. It feels like you remember on Coronation Street how they brought but Mary. But it was good, yes. How they brought Mary's son on? Oh yeah, for like a hot second, and then he was gone again, and then he was back again, and then he left again. <laughs> The one who had the black wife, and he was pretending to be, uh, like, work at, be some marine biologist or something. You remember that story? Yeah, and then he ended up being, or working in the gift shop because he was right. lying about being a marine right. biologist. Yep. Right. This is what Jamie feels like to me. You've got an interesting, strong female character, and you give her this, like, weak... Um, I don't know how to describe him. Fairweather's son, like, sometimes he's conspiring against Kim. Sometimes it seems like he's interested in her being a mom. And it's it's just, it just doesn't work. It's like, because they haven't committed to, like, Jamie having any kind of, like, strong focus or backbone. He's just like, he's a wild card who's kind of annoying, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, like, he does have those little doughy eyes that make you want to, like, stare into him for a second, but that's about the extent of what's necessary. There's a bunch of hot dudes on Emmerdale who have more to their character than Jamie. Like... You know, if I was asked to describe Jamie in three words, I'd probably say weak, boring, and annoying. Like, that's the first thing that came to mind, right? Mm -hmm. when that sounds to, about right. When you compare it to Kim, whiny, who is like... Whiny, whiny, bitchy, and annoying. Exactly. You know, you compare it to Kim, who is like strong, powerful, and a boss. Like, what, 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 what why is that her <laughs> Like, it's... Yes, I don't know. I don't know what, if Emmerdale knows what it's doing with him, but I'm just... I'm not interested. Like, I liked no. I liked uh, Gabby's mom more than her. Like that 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 was the story. Gabby's just well, like, everybody loves Bernie. I'm saying, I just and, I, and she was funny, so I don't know what they're doing with Gabby either. It's just like it's not working. Stop. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, it's like it's like she was all cute and joyous when you know Doctor and. Uh, and, you know, her annoying daughter or his annoying daughter were around yeah. who aren't really around much anymore for some reason or other. And, uh, and, and now she's trying to be ruthless and like mm -hmm. a Kate so, because she's pregnant with his baby and because she wants a bigger job in the company. Yep. thinks she wants to take over. I'm like, yeah, good luck. It's <laughs> You're weird. 12. I'm over it. Yep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're 12. Yes. That's weird. I'm over it. Exactly. All right. 
Let me jump to my what the hells. Let's start with my new black family in town. Let's talk about Charles and Ethan. So I'm going to combine two stories. Story one is the previous story where uh, I think that was Sarah and her little goon friends uh, accidentally on purpose set Ethan up for, uh, I think that was a wallet that was stolen, right? And so then Ethan had to uh, deal with the police and all that. And Emmerdale... No, she planted drugs on him. Ah, uh, it was drugs. Okay. Because, yes, because they thought Chaz found the drugs on the ground, right? Yep. All right, yes. So then the story was new black man versus all these white people who are blaming the black druggie black man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yep. the thing about Charles's involvement in the story... Yes, he's a pastor, a priest, whatever. But he was just telling Ethan, like, you need to calm down. Don't rock the boat. And I'm just like, man, these people are conspiring against a black man to get him sent down over drugs. And your weak-ass dad, the priest, is just like, I mean, it's fine. The white people set up black people, whatever. Like, what? I was just like, oh, my God, I'm so annoyed with that. It's like... Ethan is like, Dad, you know that things are unfair against black people in this country. And Charles is just like, but God loves you. Like, bitch, that does not <laughs> address the issue. It's annoying. And then the second thing that they kind of did in this realm. So uh, it comes out that Charles is Manpreet's ex. Because uh, mm -hmm. it wasn't bad enough that we had Harriet. uh dating Will as an undercover cop to get him sent to jail and she raised Dawn this time and then just left the whole damn family and you know messed them up it wasn't bad enough that we had that story one time Emmerdale decides to duplicate things except in this time Charles is Will uh, Harriet is Manpreet and uh, Ethan is the child that those two raised before Manpreet just up and bounced right so mm -hmm. Charles realizes this woman is back in his life. He tells Ethan, who was just like, what? We thought she was dead. She's back. And where's she been all this time? She's been living her life and just left us. So Ethan tells Manpreet's new husband, Rishi, what went down. Manpreet yep. is mad about it. And then so is Charles. Charles goes into the situation and apologizes to Manpreet and uh, Rishi, and this turns to his son, who is defending him in his honor, and says, I'm apologizing for you. Okay, so your son is falsely accused of dealing drugs or whatever, and you're like, no, sh shut up your blackness, uh, and just accept that these white people are screwing you over. Now, you've got this heifer who played you back in the village trying to keep quiet about all the shady things she did to you your son is pissed because that's like his mother figure and she told this huge lie he is trying to you know make sure she's held accountable for her actions and charles is like you're the problem son of mine who's black and defending me and didn't do anything wrong with drugs get a prop i'm, I'm like why are they doing this this is, this is stupid this is so stupid the brother has done nothing wrong except 
Nah, I am mad with him. I don't like how he playing this whole thing with Luke's sexuality. I think if Luke is bi, gay, if he is a straight man that's sleep with or had a relationship with a man, I think that's Luke's business. Ethan don't need to be all up in his grill on that. So I'm, I'm mad with brother for that. So I'm going to put that what the hell out there too. But this whole thing where Charles is like mad at Ethan for being angry that a woman played his dad and for being angry that kids planted drugs on him and like had his reputation looking shady in the village. Like, I think that's trash. Be a father, protect your son. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 100%. What are your first impressions of those two characters, the new Ethan and Charles? I, you know, I'd like to, Charles, the first impression I got of him was when he married Chaz and uh, Patty, which Mm -hmm. was pretty cool. It's like, sorry, Harry, you can't be here today. So Mm -hmm. uh, she asked me to come in and do it. I hope that's okay. You know, he was really cool about it. And they're like, dude, it's fine. Just do what you need to do. They went on their honeymoon. They realized that or they came back and realized he was like a more personal or, you know, permanent fixture and was just like, yeah, he's cool, I guess. Then he wants, you know, get the church more associated with the youth and everything, which I think is cool, trying to get the younger bunch into something. But, you know, I doubt that's ever going to happen, or, you know, (laughs) stay, uh, you know, together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just like, and then Ethan came, and I was just like, okay, who is this? And then Sarah, you know, planted the drugs on him. And then all I heard, and I mean, like, I understand the whole, I, 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 I'm, I'm a black man and I'm getting ostracized by all these white people because I had drugs in my pocket that were planted there by a 14-year-old girl hmm. who, in the end, did confess to him that, he, that she did it. And he apologized back to her for freaking out at her and everything. But for three weeks, he had this stare of indignance that really made me mad. Agreed. And I was just like, I understand that you're mad. And I understand that Sarah's a 14-year-old girl who doesn't want to be put in jail for, you know, planting drugs on you because she was scared, but (laughs) quit, you know, quit, you know, assuming the worst in everybody because, you know, now hang on. She did it. Now, when you're saying quit assuming the worst in everybody, now Emmerdale, Emmerdale compromised our ability to think the best of people because it wasn't just Sarah who knew what Sarah did. Sarah, no. Mama, Chaz, the family, because the story, it was, yeah, it was actually. Pretty much, I, I mean, like, yeah, so so every person that, you know, even, even you know, I don't I, I remember if he ever came in contact with Moira. I think oh, no. it did at one point. Yep. Because it, it was, and, it, it and was interesting. Was, and he was rude with her, and I was just like, nope. You knock that shit off right now. You'll leave my mother alone. But it was interesting the way that they played it, right? Because everybody, and, and he pointed this out, and the way it was written was really good. All of the adults in the situation, when made aware of what Sarah did, uh, when Ethan questioned, you know, you know, that she did this, everyone was still denying. She wouldn't do that. She didn't do that. She didn't. And they knew 
what was true. And they were good letting the brother get sent down the river for it, right? So it was it was all just very annoying, <laughs> right? Because well, well it, my my thing with it though was Debbie didn't technically know what was happening until she came home, and Sarah flat out confessed to her after she said, "You didn't do it, did you?" And she broke down and finally said something. And she Ethan asked Debbie. And Ethan asked Debbie if her child did it, and Debbie said no. She lied. That's a fair point. I yep. forgot about that. Yep, she just straight care. up lied. <laughs> but see, like I didn't care. <laughs> and see, it's, inter- it's 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 an interesting perspective too, because me watching as a black man who knows, like, nah, people will straight up railroad you, like. I was feeling for Ethan and I was getting pissed at characters I liked for years. Now, Debbie doesn't count. I've never been a huge fan of them. I don't care about her. But Chaz. But Chaz. I was like, really? You? Are you going to seriously? All the stupid children that you know in Emmerdale have lied to you 50,000 times. Yet this show is really going to have Chaz having the back of a lying ass white girl instead of this black man that she knows innocent like for real for real for real what are we doing and i think the show would do that intentionally but it was just really annoying because i'm like this is this is no don't do this <laughs> you know but then and then i met again at charles because charles seemed to be thinking the brothers just you know make it too much of it and then again here we have the situation with Man Preach. No person of color involved in this story. You got Man Preach, you got Charles, you got Ethan. Man Preach is obviously the one at fault. Ethan is going to feel how he feels about it. Charles was even angry. He's angrier than I've seen him be, you know, for you, obvious you reasons. See, my, my other big thing about that, too, which I also feel that is justified, is, his, is her little sister was really pissed off about it, too, called her a hypocrite and walked away. Because she basically did the exact same thing that yes. he did to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just like... And acted all high and mighty when she knew what she'd done herself. Yeah, pretty much. And didn't talk to her for years. And I'm just like, uh, you not realize that you did exactly the same thing? Exactly. <laughs> yes. And but, I was just like, yeah, no. But don't I'm, just, I'm just tired of Ethan being made like out to be some trash person for being justifiably angry for being set up uh, with drugs and being justifiably angry at this woman who played his dad and himself, you know. Again, to give Ethan some issue, because I do have an issue, this whole thing with Luke being a secret gay, brand new, interesting twist, but I really don't like the way that Ethan is playing it. Because look, I'm gay myself. I know that People have their varying levels of coming out of the closet. Some people straight up ID as gay. Some people ID as because they are bisexual. And some people may just choose not to identify because they're like, it's my business. I do what I want. Like, uh, what's his name? The little Myra's brother. When uh, Sam was like, so are you a gay? He's like, I do what I want with who I want. Fine. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Are you, you know, a gay? I'm like, really? It's like (laughs) you identify the way you feel comfortable. And what I don't like Mm -hmm. what Ethan is doing with Luke is Ethan has decided what Luke is. Ethan has decided that Luke is lying to Victoria about who he is. So Ethan has decided that he is going to take it amongst, uh, you know, 
upon himself to shame Luke for not wearing, waving a rainbow flag around or maybe not telling his girlfriend that he had been with men back in the day. That's not his place. That is not his place wow. at all. And I feel like he's, he's stepping out of line on that. The other stuff, no. Nah. But on this one, I'm like, bruh, mind your business. <laughs> like, let Luke do what Luke going to do. <laughs> you know? What yeah, did you think? Did you notice that? one dude back in college, you know? Yeah. Did you notice that? What did you think of that, how Ethan was pressuring Luke? Did you pay attention to that? I, that was one of the things I did pay attention to, and I thought it was really rude. Yeah. Because the first thing the first thing Luke said when he walked into the room was, let's just pretend we don't know each other. And I'm like, okay, so that's, you know, interesting. They know each other. And then he just keeps walking up and saying, well, this person, because I don't remember if he mentioned a name or not, because mm-hmm. that part I wasn't paying any attention to. Mm-hmm. This person, Mr. How do you think this person will feel if he knows you were sleeping with a woman and stuff like that? I'm just like, dude, why does it matter? Exactly. Liv doesn't sleep with anybody. Hello. Why, why, does, it, why does it matter if, you know, you can feel love and have a relationship with, with whoever the hell you want exactly. to? It's not, you know, it's not up to, you know another person to say, hey, guess what, you're gay. Right. It's, it's the person's choice. And if he loves Victoria, which he does, that, that we know of, <laughs> just let him be. And I have a feeling they're not going to let it go. Yeah. And to be honest with you, baby, to be with a woman, like your brother raped a woman. And you are now romancing that woman. That's got to be love. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, especially, and I mean, like, especially since she's the one who initiated it the second time. That right, wasn't him, right? As I recall, she was all like, "I'm ready for this. Are you ready for this?" He's like, "Yeah, are you sure?" And she's like, "Yeah." And then they go and you know do what they got to do. Yeah. But it's just like it took them a while to get there. <laughs> I'm not sure where Emmerdale is going with that, but I hope they pump the brakes because uh, the message that, you know, someone else should dictate your sexuality, yeah, that's not cute. So that, that needs to, I don't know what's about to happen, but um, I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm very yeah, concerned. It's like I, I'm hoping that's not one of the stories that I'm going to have to, you know, that, yeah, that, mm-mm. yeah. He's, he's already driving me up the wall for just the tiniest little reasons. It's like, I love his dad. His dad can stay. He can go. <laughs> uh, respectfully disagree, but we will see how things go in a coming month. I think I want both of them to say I like my black folks on Emmerdale, but I need them to not be annoying. <laughs> like, you, I miss, uh, what's her name? You remember Allie's wife? Yes, Ruby. Ruby, that's what I miss. I feel like that's one of the best black characters on the show. I I need Ruby. That was that was, uh, I, it was finally a black person on that show written the way that I liked. I even liked Gemma and Gemma's dad. I thought they were cool too, uh, and they were gone too soon. Like I'm like y'all yeah, get mm-hmm. interested black folks in the naked or something else. All right, anyway, I don't want to be in this forever. Let's let's keep. Keep it moving. Uh, real quick, what's the hell? Uh, last one for me. Uh, Harriet, you know, got it in her head that she was going to leave the church. 
And instead of just taking it upon herself to quit, she kept pressuring Charles to tell the bishop that she was going to quit. I'm just like, girl, what you do? If you want to quit, quit. Just tell somebody. Yo, tell your friend your, to tell his mama, to tell his boss's wife that you quit. Just fucking quit. <laughs> like, what are you doing? It's like you'll have the bishop's phone number in your phone. Say, I'm Come sorry, on. I'm not, I'm not, you know, capable of doing this right now. Yes. You know, I, I, so I agree with you wholeheartedly. Just so like, why does he have to tell her when you have her phone number in your phone? Yeah. And you talk to cool. her like every other week. Like, it would have been cool, but it would have been less annoying if it was just a one-time thing. But then she had the nerve to be annoyed when Charles said she didn't tell. He didn't tell. Like, why didn't you tell? Because I'm not you. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't feel like it. Uh, yeah, I'm saying. something. Hello. <laughs> just ridiculous. All right, baby girl, let's switch the scenes of the weeks. What were your favorite scenes from Emmerdale the past week? Uh, this week, none. I'm going to be completely honest all of the stuff that I liked happened around Christmas time like with the wedding and stuff which we did mention back in January but the uh, recording didn't go through well why don't you give the wedding some love now since we we actually will have a good episode go ahead and give some love to the Christmas wedding that's cool (laughs) I loved the Christmas wedding that was probably the best part of the you know month and a half that I watched I was just like all right so you have Chaz who who heard that she was or heard from uh somebody that there was going to be a Christmas wedding and she was like no I hate Christmas weddings I almost had a few and they were and I had a few they were all cursed it's a cursed day and so Patty goes and cancels it (laughs) And then he uncancels it, and uh, Marlon takes Chaz to the church. They have a cute little ceremony with nobody there. Charity gets drunk off her ass, gets there early, <laughs> tries to stop it, fails because they didn't have it. It was all kinds of it was all kinds of joy and and awesomeness in one hour long episode, and it was glorious. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> totally agree. Chaz and Patty made everything better. <laughs> I totally agree with that. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, I guess it's on me to hold down some uh, scenes of the week for the past a week or so. Um, so, I guess I will start with... Um, actually, I just have two. Um, I like what's going on with Jay and Laurel uh, doing the in treatment thing. So you know, uh, Laurel's oh, lost yes. her baby. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Laurel's <laughs> lost that her baby good. and is having a hard time uh, dealing with that. Uh, and uh, Jay is just trying to make sure that she is um, okay and is healing. And she has been very resistant to that. Um, so, um, yeah, what's going on with those two has just been interesting. I think the pairing has been uh, pretty successful. And it's been kind of sad watching her with uh, kind of have this breakdown with Jay. Because uh, it feels like she's kind of reverting to kind of how she was when she was drinking 
and with Marlon. Uh, so yeah, been, and she did have that. She did have that moment too, mm-hmm. where she chugged in almost an entire bottle of vodka before Hoosier mm-hmm. uh, uh, Base founder. Uh, mm-hmm. So that yeah, that's, that's I can't think of her name right now. But I do appreciate <laughs> like them, you know, even showing their little counseling session and all that. You know, I think that's uh, helpful and needed. Um, and I think I'm interested in seeing what happens with. Uh, those two. You know, what are your thoughts? That, that that's high praise from you coming that you hate Jay. Because well, because I I completely forgot about that. I watched so much. <laughs> I completely forgot about that particular storyline altogether. Because there was just like a whole bunch of randomness, and then maybe one or two days of the in treatment stuff, which I also thought was very empowering. Because. Yeah. You you hear that he has more of the or he has almost more issues than she does, and then they have that argument, and then they you know pick back up again, and they talk to each other, and it was just really well done. So. Yeah, and I feel like it was real because that's how it could go in counseling. You know, two parties will come to the table; they both have different things on their minds, and then one party is blaming the other party for um, certain things. Like I felt it was real how Jay was just expressing his feelings about the loss of the baby, and then Laurel just came at him like, "This is what you think of me? It's all my fault, right?" And that's not mm-hmm. what he was saying, but her reaction, I feel, is just like a lot of. Uh, the reactions that uh, people tend to have when they're in those types of situations. So I thought Emmerdale, it was good on Emmerdale that they uh, played it out like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I'll just say, and my last uh, scene of the week, I like Liv Spectre Gadget. It seems like, you know, Liv is on the way to figuring out exactly what is going on with Finney. She knows there's some lying about you know what happened to him uh, she knows that Paul has something to do with it she clocked that Connor's got something to do with it it feels like we are getting to the point where Liv is going to figure out everything going on so Paul can get out the door I'm ready for it because it's taking too damn long so I want Liv Spectre Gadget to find out and help this storyline in with a quickness <laughs> yeah because I was like they went through the tr- my thing is though is Instead of going after Paul, which Liv actually thinks has more to do with it than this other guy, uh, they or she has air or not she per se, but Mac has him and or Aaron and Sam go after the other guy instead. I'm just like, but it's Paul. What would this other guy have to do to you know? deal with well to be fair though you went and watched back a couple days i didn't so i didn't know anything about the whole bachelor party blah 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 stuff that happened before mm-hmm. but it's like why would they have to go through the trouble and everything of like going to the <laughs> going to the other place when you could easily just go to you know closer to home and 
And you know, it's all storyline. doing? It's all storyline <laughs> dictated nonsense. They're just doing it to drag this out a little bit further. But I'm happy with Liv because she's gotten closer to the truth than anyone. And I just need th- them to follow that path to the truth because I'm sick of Paul and he's got to die. <laughs> All right, so we're going to switch gears and head over to Albert Square. Start us off with those what the hells, Miss Lenz. What did EastEnders do to make you say, what in the hell? Well, I do have to say, you know, I love Frankie. I think Frankie is great, and, and I, I like how they're trying to make, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh Bald guy. Stuart? Uh, uh, yes. Stuart basically tried kidnapping Frankie and and called basically called Mick and tried to get him so that they would both, you know, have her in order to bring, you know, her mom, the uh, serial child rapist, into the fray. And then, you know, he's just yelling at... Uh, Mick when he comes through and it's just like the aftermath of that is fine. I love that. That was great. Mm-hmm. But like the initial attempted kidnapping annoyed me to like an extent of hugeness. So I don't know how you felt about it, but it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Even if, you know, it kind of, you know, I understood where he was going with it, but at the same time, it just felt a little extra cringy. <laughs> yeah, yes, cringy extra. <laughs> yeah. Stewart was a hundred percent being extra <laughs> during uh, during that that stuff, and I thought it was interesting how they're playing like. Um, Stewart's involvement in it because you know one scene that I saw in January was uh, Frankie had found out that uh, Stewart was like Mick's best friend from back in the day so there was that scene where she went up to him and started asking him questions about Mick because basically she's trying to get to the truth of did her father sexually assault him or would something else be going on? And she made some comments to, about Nick that Stewart did not like because she said something that seemed negative. And Stewart was just like, I don't know who the hell you are, but Mick is one of the best people on the, in the world. And then he just walked away from her. I'm like, boy, that mofo was right mm-hmm. or die for uh, his boy. So, you know, I think, I think it's interesting. And Mick and Stewart's relationship is complicated by the fact that, you know, the first writer for him was trash, <laughs> right? So yeah, uh, and and now they're just trying to build the. Re- I feel that they're trying to build the relationship back up, but yeah. it's going really slowly because yeah. of you know everything Obviously. that happened with Linda and everything. Yes, and as you said, first writer was. Trash. Yes, and, but it's interesting but, how they're doing it. Like they've even redeemed him and. Uh, Rainy as a couple, you know, he was about to be abusive to her back in the day, so I really wasn't feeling them together. But that actor, uh, and of course, with the actress that plays Rainy, and everybody on EastEnders is f- phenomenal, but th- he's really making it work, and he's m- making Stuart an empathetic character, so that's working. Yeah, he was doing too much uh, kidnapping that. T- like I don't, I don't think he was thinking rationally with regards to that at all. Um, but no. I, th- I think 
if it's if it's an indication of how people are going to react to Mick's, you know, the news about what happened to Mick, and work to try to make him feel like they love him and they're trying to support him, I think there are going to be a, a wide variety of reactions, and it's going to be interesting to watch. Because, like, one of my favorite reactions was also a little inappropriate, but whatever. She the mama. Baby, Cheryl and that heifer getting into it in the streets. <laughs> I was just like, kill her. Get, get that girl. Get her. Get her, Cheryl. You know? Because she's been manipulating that mix since he was a child. She has impregnated herself with multiple child babies, you know, and destroying these kids' lives. So seeing Stuart have a strong reaction as people in real life would, I think it's, 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 it makes sense. Yes, cringe-inducing. But it makes sense, and I'm interested. Uh, um, yes, so. I was like, it was cringy, it yes. was extra, but it made it made sense. Yes, because because I mean, like, it is a what the hell in the fact that it was extra, but it was also, you know, a really fitting scene afterwards yes. after he told her to go. Agreed. So it's just like I totally can understand both sides of it of how it could be both a what the hell and a scene of the week because yes. for me it kind of was. I it was you. a little bit of both. The you. before was what the hell, the after was like, yes. Yeah, totally Thumbs understand. <laughs> totally understand. And what was your other what the hell? Oh, Gray and his infinite wisdom. Uh, he's in the beginning of the, I think it was the last episode that was on the Friday or the Friday episode. Mm-hmm. Was talking to his son who beat up or hit a girl in school. Yes. And he was saying, "What made you do that?" And and he was trying to you know be calm with them and everything. Why did you do that? Think of it this way: your mom miss or I know you miss your mom. Blah blah blah. And then Kush comes with, you know, pizza and wings because, you know, the kids are asleep and, you know, they're together, which was a little bit out of the blue for me when I first saw that. I'm like, what the heck is this? But, you know, put her, I mean, put Whitney with somebody before he goes to jail again, I suppose. Mm-hmm. You know, Whitney can't get a man to save her soul. She's like Sammy from Hollyoaks. Hmm. We'll get to that next time. But, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, he comes in and he's like, what the hell is this? And they just, they have a, and like Whitney for the first time, she's, what Chantel saw and she wasn't digging it so I was just like again not okay very what the hell is but scene of the week because they both saw how he was you know it's kind of like a double-edged sword for a lot of like the what the hell because it's just like I had quite a few but my two biggest ones had a like a scene of the week sort of ending to it or like a outcome that was you know scene of the week worthy you know it was just like yeah she finally saw how he can be but at the same time there's still that you know I I have a feeling she's still gonna have that pull which annoys me like she'll come back 
anyway and still watch the kids because she feels obligated to because it's her job. But she won't see Gray the same way she did before he got angry. So, (laughs) you know. (laughs) As you're sitting here talking, I'm wondering, like, I'm like, the thing that's going to determine if it's a scene of the week or if it's a uh, what the hell is what the aftermath is, is going to be. It's like you're saying where she's just going to go back and be stupid and get killed like Tina. Well, no, <laughs> but if she, yeah, if this... it's like, that's, that's my, that's my thing. Cause right. I'm, I'm just like that outcome at the end of that episode was great. I loved it. They both walked out. Everything was great. It'll go back to the, it will go straight back to what the hell mm-hmm. if she walks back into the house and says, oh, I know you're sorry for being angry, blah, blah, blah. I'm just right. like, yeah, I hope she doesn't do that because exactly. that would just make her even more stupid and she's been with enough abusive people already. Agreed. Yeah, and I really don't like it. It's like that girl, the East Ender just makes that girl always get with the uh, crazy abusive person. And I'm like, I'm tired of on Hollyoaks Steve always having the most worst story, the most the story where he's going to be in a depression because people are treating him the worst. I'm over that. I'm kind of over them making Whitney like with every abuser on the show. Just give her a quality love interest. That's not gay, please. Thank you. <laughs> give yeah, that girl it's like, some likes. Either, it's like the only person that I've ever liked her with was Callum. Yep. And he ended up gay. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, like, there was... Uh, Elvis, Elvis Carter on too there. I Lee, didn't mind her, yes. you know, that much with him until he started, you know, being abusive, hitting her. Yeah. But I mean, like at first, you know, they were good yep. and I, I, I liked them together, but Callum was the only person who treated her with any kind of respect whatsoever. Yep. And then he broke it off with her because he was in love with Ben, which I still don't entirely understand. But will not go there. <laughs> it is very Aaron Robert, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Oh, goodness. Just not quite as bad. Agreed. All right. Well, for me, I only have one what the hell this week covering one of the people that you uh, mentioned, and I'm going to add someone else to it as well. I've called, uh, in the notes that I wrote, I called this what the hell dumb daughters, uh, and it involves Frankie, and Chelsea. So Frankie, on the one hand, is just perfectly fine with child rape. And the reason I say that is because on some of the episodes I saw for EastEnders, her mother has convinced her to get Mick to not call the police because she's sorry about raping children and getting impregnated by one plus and having their babies. And her whole life doesn't need to be destroyed because of that. And then there's Frankie in Linda and Mick's living room saying, Please don't call the police on my mom. She's like, I'm just like, sis, if your mom gets away with this, you know, who's to say she didn't do this to other kids? And quickly, you know, uh, EastEnders kind of proved that point by introducing the other male character that had been assaulted uh, and actually had a child with this woman, uh, unbeknownst to Frankie. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I was just like, oh, God, Frankie is so gung-ho on, like, keeping her mom safe. She isn't thinking about what that assault did to Mick or what that might or, or what damage her mother might have done to other children and would still be free to do to other children since you know 
she isn't in jail. <laughs> so I'm glad to see, you yeah. know, when we, when we did our little flash forward, she's been arrested. So I can't wait to see what yeah. happened to, to get yeah, that Yeah, it's to like happen. she has now been arrested and they're looking for anybody that she may have, you know, assaulted and whatnot. Yep. And they're quote unquote keeping it anonymous. Yeah, these pedophiles need to be off the streets. Which means it's not going to stay anonymous for long. Yep. <laughs> these pedophiles need to be off the streets, so I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm totally here for it. Um, and the other person in the dumb daughter category, I'm doing Chelsea uh, right now. So I don't know what happened with Chelsea since January because I haven't seen anything past it. But on some of the episodes that I saw, uh, it looks like Chelsea may have Denise's back because there was this thing where it looks like she's setting up Lucas to... Uh, for, it looks like there was a scene early on where it looked like Chelsea was actually setting up Lucas. So while she's in Denise's face talking about how much she loves her dad and all that, the truth is she's setting up Lucas for some reason. She's at some kind of revenge. And part of that revenge was having him beat up, I think, or he was beat up because Chelsea owes some debt. But something, something is, Chelsea is not being 100% with Lucas, and I don't think she loves him the way he thinks. But the thing that pisses me off about her is, while she's got that going down on the cool, every five minutes she's in Denise's face talking about how much Denise needs to forgive her father. So the stupid thing I saw recently was, after uh, Lucas was attacked, uh, Chelsea goes to Denise and tells her, well, he should just move here so he can have somewhere place to stay because he safe to stay because he's homeless. And Denise is like, Tricky tried to I'm kill like, me. Uh, no. He tried to kill me. He is not moving in this house. He is not moving on a bus. He is not moving with somebody named Gus. It's not happening. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was, waiting, like, I was waiting for you to go out Dr. Seuss and saying he's not moving in a plane or in a bus or on a train. I just didn't like, know the damn ride. Right. <laughs> I'm like, what? I mean, but, but seriously. I get it 100%. I, I don't. I, I I remember watching that bit. That was some of the last stuff I saw, like yeah. back in early January. And I was just like, I'm, I'm not understanding why they brought these two characters back at the moment other than to just, you know, put more stress on Denise now yeah. that she has her son back and... It's just like, yeah, okay, I'm, I, I don't need this right now. <laughs> I mean, I'll say I find it interesting, but slightly annoying. Like, imagine saying to your mother, Mom, move the guy who tried to murder you into your house. Like, what? Like, imagine saying to your mother who, and, and you knowing your father's a serial killer, but Mom, he's reformed. Yeah, he killed four people, but, you know, he's, he's went to jail. It's fine. I just yeah no <laughs> so i'm kind of over chelsea and her foolishness <laughs> with pretty much yeah yes all right what you got for you what the hell's any oh excuse me your scenes of the week any others so uh, um for scenes of the week i have a few because mm -hmm. we haven't done them yet mm -hmm. but <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know I if you were counting your co what the hell scenes of the week no 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 uh i just meant that they had both like oriented gotcha. things that went with them that fit both categories mm -hmm. but um uh one of my favorite things is i'm not entirely sure what happened with sharon and her leaving but i love the fact 
that Mick and Linda are back at the Vic. Yes, I love that so much. They seem so much happier now that they're back there. They, uh, I think Linda can tolerate with her, you know, alcoholism and everything behind the bar now that they're back there. And Mick's, well, quote-unquote, happy for the moment until, you know, all this stuff, you know, finishes up. And it's just like it was so nice seeing, you know, Mick behind the bar with that big old grin on his face like he used to have nice. before all this went down. And I was like, that is beautiful. Yes. I love it. Yeah, Linda working at uh, Dot's old laundromat job, that was not the business. <laughs> no, you could tell she was not for it. Yeah. I don't even know how anybody on EastEnders writing team got thought that that was going to be a good idea. No, they need to be in the pub. No, what are we doing? <laughs> it's nice seeing everybody as happy as they should be. <laughs> agreed. Totally agree with that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And did you have any others? Let me, that, there were a lot. Um, yeah, just do one more. Do it, what's your my best favorite, one? my, honestly, one of my favorite moments was when Vinny was going to drive this 87 foot Russian dude to <laughs> somewhere. I'm not sure where I laughed my ass off at the reaction of when he stood up. Because the funny. guy, like, literally stood up. Yep. And Vinny is looking straight up at him. Like, his neck was craned to the point where if he went up anymore, his neck would have broken. <laughs> and he, <laughs> and then he, he gets off the and This tall Russian guy gets off the phone with the person he was talking to. And he figured out that there were gold bars in the figured out there were gold bars in the bag, stole a few, got in the car, asked the dude where he was going, learned that the dude died of a heart attack in his car, <laughs> and walked off with a couple bars of, of, of gold and gave Ben the rest. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not entirely sure that I like where they're taking Vinny as a human being because I like the... I liked the nice Vinny who was, you know, uh, nice and kind and not vindictive, like, you know, his older brother, who I, st truth be told, I still kind of like. I don't like what he's doing, but I I, I like him. Mm -hmm. So I kind of hope they, like, pull his head out of his ass and make him realize he's still a dick. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <laughs> but, but I'm not sure I particularly like where they're going with Vinny, making him a sort of bad guy without really being a bad guy, you know, especially with, like, all the racist stuff they're going through right now, and it's just kind of hitting them hard, I guess, that nobody trusts them with anything and whatnot. I mean, we already have Ben Mitchell on canvas. We don't need a second one. That's exactly it. I was mm -hmm. just like thinking, you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to make him into Ben Mitchell White. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's bad enough that uh, Kira's working with Ben. We don't need, it's like we don't need, you know, mini versions. <laughs> yeah. And the thing that gets me about it is that, you know, 
uh, Suki set up Jags to go to jail, uh, you know, for a crime that he did not commit. So <laughs> Vinny acted all big and bad, like, you need to give me more responsibility. It's just like, dude, she just sent your brother to jail for something he didn't do. You think your mom is going to have any loyalty to you? She doesn't even have loyalty to your brother. So, you know, one sister yeah, hates like her. Yeah, she doesn't have loyalty to anybody. Yeah. The nicest conversation I think she's ever had was with Patrick, and that's over the uh, coronavirus vaccine. It's like, of all the places to want to be hungry to work, working with your mom that betrayed your brother is probably the worst possible yeah that would be the last place i would want to be near yeah totally agree with you on that i mean like i love the scene the scene was great i just don't like where they're going with the character in a a whole so i don't think vinny's (laughs) gonna end up liking it in the long run (laughs) no not if it ends up being where i think it's gonna go and he's gonna end up you know getting beat up and beat the crap out of because he stole some of the gold and they found out about it or something along that line. I don't know. Yes. But I did like that whole I did like that whole uh interaction there. I thought it was cute and funny and, and there needed to be a little bit of cute and funny because of all the uh you know, dark and sad stuff that's happening around it. Agreed. Because my last one, and this killed me, was when Stacy's mom there told Ruby that she was dying of cancer right before Ruby went to an appointment saying she might not be able to have babies again. And she practically begged Ruby to call and have the cop retract her statement so that Stacy wouldn't go to jail, which we know she's going to go to jail because heaven forbid that woman never stop making babies. But <laughs> I mean, she is a cutie baby, so she got to keep bringing them pretty babies I mean, into I the mean, world. She, has, she, she just had a baby in February, and she's going on maternity leave again to have another baby. Good for her. Do it while you can. I am at it. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, but I'm just like I'm just like sitting there thinking. I'm I'm just like you know dang well that she's not going to retract her statement. I know it, you know it, we all know it, but it was, you know, it. her telling, or, you know, her telling, you know, Ruby that before Stacy kind of, you know, threw me for a loop a little bit, since I don't particularly care for each other right now, but it was a good reason behind it, and it kind of, it kind of made me sad, because I, I knew back from, like, Christmas that she felt the lump again, just based on the, you know, the faces she had, like, back around, uh, you know, January. Like, the, like I said, I watched until about the beginning of January, and you saw that face, and they were so excited, and she got this new, like, dress for Christmas, and she went to go put it on, and she felt it, and I'm like, oh, no, she's got cancer again. <laughs> and it's just, like, it, it's, it's tough. Yeah. I feel no sympathy for Stacy because she came back to the square and she's been cocky as all get out, stealing her homegirls. Oh money. no, I I feel I feel no sympathy for Stacy either. Yeah. Who I felt sorry for was you know 
her going through that just to hear her or just to hear Ruby in that last minute call the cop and say, yeah, I was trying to get a hold of you, but now I'm not going to anymore. Yeah, I thought it was fair, but she, she, that wasn't, was she, the... she wasn't, she wasn't trying to do all that. Because, I mean, you know, Jean wasn't being sensitive. That girl just said she couldn't have any more babies and Jean's up there worrying about Stacy. And honestly... I love Jean, yeah. but in that moment, I wasn't worrying about Jean neither because, damn it, a few minutes ago, her whole family was trying to make sure she was doing okay and she was kicking everybody out the house. So, yeah, I'm like, okay, I, I'm, you know what? I see where the story's going. It's fine. We know why it's really happening. But, yeah, Jean trying to act like some protector when she made her homeless or was trying to make her family homeless about five minutes ago. I was like, okay, sis, you're doing too much. <laughs> you're doing yeah. too much, Jean. But, but, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I mean, like, I love, I love that she came out to somebody about it, though. For like the first time, it's or you know, for like letting him know, hey, I'm dying. Using the sympathy card a little bit, trying to do what she can, but we we all knew that she was gonna go. So it was just like I I knew it was futile what she was doing, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, just I'm surprised nobody else heard. To be honest, she just blurted it out in the middle of square. But it's like, uh, Chris was literally standing right there. He could have heard. Uh, it was just like, it was, it was, it was sad. Because I, I knew, like I said, I knew that she may have had it again, but I didn't know how advanced it was. Because like you said, we skipped ahead a month and a half, two months. So we didn't know exactly how bad it was until she said, hey, I'm dying. So it was just like, oh, man, now I know that she's going to be dying before Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we will see what happens. Um, For me, I just have one scene of the week. Ian Bill is off our scenes for the foreseeable future. Yes! I'm 100% <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah, I needed a break from that. Um, I, I mean, like, we needed a break from whining and the bitchiness and the everything. <laughs> and the whining and the bitchiness knowing his role in uh, offing uh dennis and i'll point out you know the the confrontation between him and sharon was interesting um i kind of wish that we would have gotten more from it but i have loved every minute of like sharon secretly conspiring against ian and slowly yeah her trying to kill him. Yeah, it's been fun. For that <laughs> amount of times we were watching it for. It's been I'm fun. just like I feel like crap, Sharon. Oh, I'll take care of you. Here, have some tea with some, you know, powder in it. That will make you sick. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Let's switch gears and take it to Hobie City. What the hell? What did Hobie City do to make you say, what the hell, Killer Cam? I I was kind of sick of the Chloe Cam Nikki Triangle from Hell. Mm. Um, uh, th- 
because in the end you learned that Nick was pregnant and Chloe was kind of suspicious of him for several reasons and then it just went over the rails and people thought she was going nuts and I mean like I like Chloe as a character and everything but it's just like those the, I can understand everything that she did but she was happy over the top with it you know like those last few episodes but he was like i know she i know she killed this or this guy and he, she was so over the top with it and i'm like i know you're a better actor than that <laughs> wait a minute you were mad at chloe nikki was the one who annoyed me more to be honest because you're sitting there, and she's all happy and joyous because she just figures out that she's somehow already half months pregnant. How does that work? <laughs> the baby's kicking and stuff. I mean, like, I know how it works. I know the mechanics behind it and everything. But it's just like, she's all blindsided, and Chloe's all sitting there, dude, there's something wrong with him. And she's just sitting there, oh, there's nothing wrong with him. He's the father of my baby. Yeah. Oh, that's what, was, that's what was annoying me. Like, I was good with Chloe. And I felt like because no one was believing her, Chloe's reactions made sense. What was not making sense was everybody. Like, Cameron has been reported for misconduct for months. So, like, the fact that uh -huh. Max, of all people, is just discounting everything, okay, you have your eyes on, dude, but people are being like, this guy is trash. Like, multiple doctors. And it's just like, shrug. And the killer is like, while we, the audience, know that he's got Ange locked up in a ward by herself, threatening to kill her, everybody downstairs is like, Cam? Why would Cam do anything like that? Cam is wonderful. I mean, dude, like two weeks ago, Cam was in a hearing where they were questioning his integrity as a doctor. And they're just like, Cam wouldn't... I was just like, okay, y'all doing too much. Yeah, it's like, Cam wouldn't say anything like that. Like, okay. It's like, and I'm like, uh, yeah, he would. <laughs> <laughs> He's killed more than one person. On, yes, man. he would. <laughs> And what else you got? Um, I I really disliked like my big thing was over Christmas, Sasha's lady friend passed away mm -hmm. of cancer, which is you know sad and everything. Mm -hmm. But the next week, he has somebody on the side already. And there's a herb, and it's like, I understand that like a three, like a few week period in between the, you know, bunch of episodes, because the first, that bit was before the whole COVID, or no, it wasn't, it was, it was still during the COVID related stuff, because they were still wearing the masks and everything, but, uh, they, it, <laughs> but Sasha's off having sex with some crazy woman, and... <laughs> And finds out she's pregnant and and it and just freaks out. And I'm just like, I can understand him freaking out and everything because, you know, he tried that that woman tried killing his kid. And I'm just like Sasha's Sasha's too much right now. They have too much going on with Sasha.
Sasha that that I kind of just want Sasha to go on a small break and let Dom deal with his feelings, let, you know, everybody deal with their feelings that have to do with Sasha and just let him go away for a while and just, you know, have a vacation or something. (laughs) I used to really like the character, but right now he's just driving me up the wall. I don't know how to explain it, but there's just, he's just doing all kinds of stupid. (laughs) I don't know if you agree with me, but it's how I feel. (laughs) So, um, let me say to you, I think the reason Sean, uh, Sasha was acting so crazy was because he's a fifth Emmerdale, Mama. I mean, what else are you going to mm-hmm. do when Genesis Walker comes into your life but marry her crazy self, <laughs> right? Even if you just buried your, your love five seconds ago. Listen, I want to give, give all honor and praise to Sean Reese Williams, who came into Hobie City turned it up, turned it out. She was fantastic as Jody, the not totally honest about her I've mother <laughs> girl who went from uh, homeless and having an issue with her boyfriend that told them at Hobie City to damn near marrying a doctor in like six months. Like, that's boss work right there. And the story where she, to get her man's attention, and of course, you know, Sasha was working in his grief so he was doing all his things based on grief. She manipulated that. And his daughter, you know, poisoning his daughter just to get sympathy and to keep him with her, like, of dastardly evil schemes. I mean, it was it was on point. So <laughs> I thought it was the best. It, but she just, she just played it all brilliantly. And I think what's happening with Sasha now, like, I do agree with you that initially when that story was going on, it was too much. Sasha being angry with everyone because uh, his girl died like I got it but it was getting on my nerves but I do feel like they're kind of bringing things full circle with what is one of my let's see if I got it I have this in let's see I guess I will talk about this in uh, scene of the week and what the hell uh, style to get it both out of the way so I think them bringing it full circle by having Sasha uh, go and save Dom's life after Dom went riding around the hospital looking for Jody because it came out that she was there. There's a thought that she was a threat to the life of Sasha and needed to be, uh, you know, contained because they didn't want her to poison the more children. So Dom goes out there looking for her. She jumps out in the middle of the road. He swerves to miss her, gets into an accident that sees a big what you call it, being shoved through his gut <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, you big, old, big old foot and pole being you, you shoved through saying? his stomach. You know, I was like, that did not go lower, did it? <laughs> Kobe bringing that home by having Sasha go in there and save him without waiting for people to help him, which, you know, pisses Dom off because now, because of where the injury was, he has to deal with having a stoma, which they are playing up how that may be unattractive if you're a gay man trying to have a romantic relationship, which, granted, uh, but doing too much at the same time. But still, Kobe has turned all that around, and what are they having Dom do to 
get back and deal with all this? Sue the hospital. hospital. So what has happened? Dom, while Sasha was going through his mess, was trying to be his friend, his boy, help him out, make him feel better. And Sasha treated him like shit the whole time. And now the tables have turned. Now because Dom has the cars and he get ready to sue the hospital and he's threatening to name Sasha as a named party. Now Sasha's in his face talking about being all nice and sweet and trying to be all, you know, buddy, buddy. And Dom's just like, bitch, you ruined my life. Forget you. And I think it's fantastic, you know, because it's they're just reversing, you know, how it's been playing out the past few months. It's been Sasha, who was in his grief, acting, you know, ridiculous. And in some respects, Dom is. But, you know, I see Dom being justified in what he feels. And I think watching how those two relate to each other in this moment, that's going to be something else. And I think Hobie is going to do it uh, fundamentally. Hobie is going to do it extremely well. So the lawsuit in Dom's personality, that's a scene of the week for me. Real quick, what the hell in that realm? Yeah, Dom taking his ass out on date during a pandemic, right when he was fresh from his damn surgery and damn near killing himself doing it. Yeah, that was stupid as hell. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. So what the hell and seed of the week on that one. Uh, and I feel you on Sasha. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, like, he, he needs a break. Yeah. That, that, that poor man needs a little bit of time off to uh, recollect himself, I think. He can go on vacation <laughs> with Ian Bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's, he's one of the only real low points that I actually have about the show. Whenever he's on, I just want to, like, fast forward whatever he's in because he either is pissed off about something or he's trying to, you know, be too much. Yeah. And, and they even tried telling him, hey, take some time off. And he's like, no, I have patience. I'm like, oh, go take some time. <laughs> now that Rick is gone, he is the annoying Rick. <laughs> yes, 100%. Yes. Yes. What right. other scenes of the week did you have? Oh, excuse me, what other what the hells did you have for Hobie? Uh, what, that last, that last scene with it's another cam scene I, ha- I have to do it because it it's just it's just, it was just too much too fast uh mickey finally got her head out of her backside when she was locked in the room with cameron and and she was just like recording everything he said and he went and threw a chair out the window and threatened jump out the window after he said I was doing this and nobody believes I'm good at anything and, and all this stuff and he's making a pity party for himself and I'm like dude you killed two people and you were really strong you were like a really strong character keeping this all you know keeping this all you know done and then it's just like now that now that it finally came out that you know you weren't the uh, high and mighty surgeon that you were supposed to be. You're going to pity party yourself? Yes. No. <laughs> In my notes, my, that what the hell is labeled, uh, uh, Cam turns into a Scooby-Doo villain. <laughs> Just admitting all your damn crimes, idiot. <laughs> 
Yep, and 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 what really got me though was, like I said, Nikki got her head out of her backside mm-hmm. and realized in the end that she was going to have to figure out something to do. So she actually recorded everything that he said. Yes. Finally, being smart about you know, finally realizing that Cam was actually a bad guy. And he ended up getting arrested. And while he's an amazing man crier, and I did shed a couple of tears because man crying, as everybody in this podcast world knows, is a weakness of mine. I did feel no sympathy for him whatsoever. I'm so proud of you. And when he got in that police car in the end, with those three women sitting there, one having to deal with Zav, one having to do with her mom, and the other one having to do with the baby. It's just like the trifecta of perfectness, watching the man who ruined their relationships and, you know, lives and everything, just getting put into that police car was the perfect, the perfect ending to something that, I'm kind of curious to see what's going to happen with Cam now because it doesn't show that he's leaving anytime soon. So I'm kind of curious what they're, you know, going to do with him. (laughs) Yes, I am very proud of you not being impressed by the man crying. Good job, Mama. (laughs) Oh, I still, I still did, I did, I did still do some crying along with the man crying, but I was not impressed. Good. That was that was very pity party. <laughs> that is and I'm not a fan of the I was not a fan of the pity party. I don't do it with Paul whenever he does his pity party crying and I won't do it with him. <laughs> Even though Hobie City is ninety nine point nine better than Emmerdale. Agreed. Okay. Um so for me, let's see. I guess what I will add, because you you talked about a f- couple things that I have. I have the Regenesis story. It's what I called uh, Jenny's <laughs> time on. The uh, Regenny? Uh, I, I, I was like, she looks really familiar, and I can't think of why. And then I remember Cam killed her. <laughs> oh, yes. That's funny. I didn't even think of that connection. Yes. Um, I think I'll, I will also shout out. I like what's going on with Donna and Zav's brother. And oh, yeah. I thought it was interesting. Uh, and it's kind of sad that, you know, Zav often, I mean, uh, Cam often. But I thought it was interesting how the guy who was partially responsible for Zav being killed came to the hospital and, you know, was trying to make amends with his brother and girlfriend. I thought that was an interesting beat. I was kind of uh looking forward to seeing where that went but then of course the guy had to tell cam he recognized who he was and so then he had to get you know this he had to get got because he, <laughs> <laughs> he made the, the tragic mistake of telling the murderer that uh you know he was going about to get reported which also was the same uh, mistake that Ange made. And I was just like, why, girl? <laughs> why would you tell him? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I I'm supposed to be doing what the hell's, but that was actually a, a scene of the week. <laughs> slash what the hell. I guess I'm just doing scene of the week slash what the hell's for all this. Um, yes. Um, ah, 
a what the hell that I do have. Um, the last one, because I already talked about uh, Dom dating and then Scooby-Doo villain Cam. Um, I didn't like how Max's son uh, tripped on her when um, after the he was stabbed, X came to see him in the hospital. After, yeah, after, after he was shanked. Yes. So this is the same criticism I had of Emmerdale back when Maddie came on the scene and was like all in his mom's face about like how you never knew who I was and you should just accept me for who I am. Like when she'd known that he was trans for like three minutes. Right. I feel like, uh, you know, Max's son sometimes goes a little over the top with being critical of Max. Max, there's a lot of things that she could be criticized for. But what happened? You had a transgender individual that uh, Max's son knows stab him. Most likely, I think the story is to get drugs because she's uh, doing some black market stuff, maybe getting hormones or supplements to help with the transition. And that's a problem. So she has stabbed this man to get his medical bad so she can go steal drugs, right? She also mm-hmm. makes it a point to rip off the tr- the GLBT uh, button that he has and throw throw it on the ground, which ran us lying down the pool of blood. So we didn't get that backstory, so we don't know exactly what's going on there. But there's some reason why this person must feel like uh, Max's son. Who's na- who? What is Max's son name? Who, uh, Louis. Louis. There's some reason that this person must feel like Louis doesn't deserve to wear that. So that's part of the story. So Max, you know. Louis wakes up, Max is there, and Max tells him, look, you were stabbed, Um, you know, I'm concerned about you, you know, your badge was, you know, your badge is gone, and your pride sticker was, your pride pin was ripped off, and Louis is all, oh, so what you say, this is my fault? I'm like, like, okay, can we, can we take it down to three, like, we don't need to be at a thousand, she's a, she's worried, it was actually a factor, and Max is, I mean, Louise just acted like, you know, Max is being the worst person on earth for thinking my stabbing had something to do with me being trans when his stabbing had something to do with him being trans. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was just like, calm down, like, stop. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's that issue for me. Like, yes, yeah, some straight people hate you because of who you are, granted. But can you give people time to catch up to where you are? Like, it been, give her a second. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I was feeling on that. Um, and, um, yeah, that's it. That's it, baby girl. And, um, yeah, I think, oh, I'm also, for, to close my part out, I'm going to give a scene of the week shout out to the gunman storyline that saw Jack leave. Jack was not always my yeah. favorite character, but over the past couple months, especially once they put her with Keon, I actually thought Aww. that those two were kind of good together. But that story where a gunman comes and puts a gun in her face and girlfriends are like, I have done enough for this hospital. I'm out. I loved it. You need to value your mental health, your sanity above all else. If your job is that dangerous and it's got you suffering that much and you ain't trying to deal with having guns thrown in your face when you're a doctor, I ain't mad at you. So I wasn't mad at her, and I'm glad that she got to exit and then be with that cute little doctor or that cute little guy that she knew from back in the yeah. day. <laughs> I thought it was Yeah, great. I was just like, dude, thank you for coming and picking me up. I'm yeah. just like, who are you? Because you are kind of adorable. Yeah. But I do I do have one big, like, scene slash scenes of the week myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I love 
like the new doctor they brought in to take over for the well, she's not new. She's been there before. Yes. But the doctor that came in and took over for Jack, they brought her in. Less than a week later, her dad comes in with liver failure, mm -hmm. and you learn that Hendrick was like sexually abused by him when he was a kid, Man. and he freaks out like hardcore, and he's like, oh, I'll do it. I'll do all this stuff. He switches, like, he goes through, and he's doing this for her. She's not doing it for him. She's doing, or he's doing it for her. He hates the guy. You can tell this by the look on his face. He is terrified of the man, and he goes through, and he's Still does the liver surgery and everything, but he doesn't try and he puts him in a coma on purpose just so he's still technically alive so that she can be happy that, she, that her dad is still technically alive, but he's not dead. And he's just like, dude, I didn't even try. And he walked away and I'm like, good. I'm sorry, that's one of those times where I say, I probably, if I were in his shoes, I would have either walked out or done the same thing. Yeah. So. It's, it's complicated. <laughs> I, I don't exactly understand everything that happened with, you know, what he was doing there. But I think it's interesting how all these soaps are bringing in sexual abuse and how people are dealing with it after the fact. Because immediately, of course, I'm thinking about Mick and what he's going through watching this. And I mean, whew. <laughs> girl, that story is definitely not over. And I, I think it's going to be a trip when we see uh, kind of where that ends up going at the end of the day. You know? Yep. Yes. Same. 100%. You know? All right, baby girl. We'll wrap it up. So with that, I will say I'm at Brother Soap. And I'm at Lindsay Amanda. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. And uh, hopefully next time we'll be in like two to three weeks, y'all. So <laughs> we'll yeah, but we're, we're gonna try for a little. We're gonna try for a little bit less time in between. Yeah, so seven, it's just been kind of busy. Yeah, no, September, <laughs> November, December, January, February, March, April. Yeah, seven months is a little long. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. We're, okay. we're trying though. We're trying. We're trying to figure out a schedule that works well for us. Yes. Yeah, so. we, we, we're gonna. Stay on it, y'all. All right, y'all. Take care. Bye. Bye.